Jakob Fersel, you are the co-founder and the managing director of a nippy little startup called Pulsit. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Pulsit is a, is a brand new innovative uh, platform that uh, we launched um, and it's got to do with uh, location-based marketing as well as uh, audio recognition and so forth. So the idea was to bring a platform to the ground that actually communicate with consumers um, at the right time as well as, the, as well as at the right place. It also gives uh, our clients the opportunity to communicate to those consumers. So we packaged this all into one nippy little application called Pulsit and uh, quite excited to, to bring it to the consumers. Now, there's a theme developing here at the African Tech Roundup where uh, we featured uh, the, the MD of Voucher Cloud uh, late last year. Uh, more recently, uh, we spoke to uh, the, the MD of Trumpet, and now we're speaking to you. Is the market in the online voucher scene uh, as, as lucrative as all that? There seems to be quite a lot of excitement around creating solutions in that space. What have you identified that has uh, made you join what seems to be quite a crowded space? Well, you know, you only have to, to look back at the, the evolution of uh, smartphones itself. Um, firstly, to address the question directly around vouchering and so forth, it's a massive trend uh, overseas. Um, and South Africa at this stage is, is fairly quickly uh, catching up, um, especially with the likes of voucher cloud and so forth. But if you look, if you take a step back and you look at the the evolution of, of smartphones, um, you know people. Uh, why are smartphones so popular? Why do every single person want a smartphone? And there's four predominant reasons for that. The first one is uh, social inclusion. Second one is uh, digital inclusion. Third one is financial inclusion, and the the fourth one is information inclusion. So that sprung the, the popularity of smartphones because people wanted to be part of something. They wanted to be part of this evolution and they wanted to be connected. They wanted to, to be interconnected and they wanted to be able to share. Now, all of a sudden, that platform has moved from those four inclusions and those four, t- four types of inclusion and it's moved to relevant content. And what is a better way of delivering relevant content is to offer vouchers and offer people the opportunity to partake in a certain campaign or to partake in, um, you know, trading and and so forth. So your smartphone actually becomes this medium that connects you to the rest of the world. And I know that's being said over and over and over again, but but that's the crux of a smartphone is that you have the opportunity to be part of something and now it takes a step further. And that step further is, is able to benefit from that smartphone itself. And I happened upon this idea, this uh, happened upon Pulsit um, through the Lions. You have an affiliation with the Lions Rugby rugby Club. Uh, it's almost indirectly an affiliation with the Springboks, given the Lions are pretty much <laughs> 60% of the squad. Um, but no, uh, you obviously have this affiliation with the Lions uh, Rugby Club, and I happened upon some of the campaigns you're running with them in their stadiums. Uh, and and obviously, uh, again, speaking to the to, to this idea that you're speaking about, as far as uh, uh, people wanting to be part of something, including something, and then of course the brands wanting to to communicate via channels that uh, you know sports fans and and, and followers and, and early adopters are part of. Uh, tell me how you've gone about uh, building a model around this trend. So yeah, it's it's, it's quite interesting. If you if you look at uh, there's a two prone approach. The first first approach is that you want to deliver relevant content to the consumer so the consumer know you know take it a step further 
that the consumer doesn't want to just search for the content. The content needs to be delivered to a consumer. And you get consumer profiling and so forth and so forth. So we, we took the approach to develop a platform, number one, for the consumer to deliver relevant content to that consumer at the right time, at the right place. That's crucial. I don't want information delivered to me if I'm not necessarily in a spot that I want that information. So the platform works that we can deliver content to you based on your location. We can deliver content to you based on actions that you do. So you might open the application when you hear a certain song or you hear the Lions Anthem or something like that, and then relevant content is delivered to you. When it moves over to our partners and our affiliations and our clients, like the Lions so forth, they want to communicate and they want to engage with that consumer that's at the stadium. So this platform gives them the opportunity to communicate relevant content to the consumer that's at the stadium um, at that specific time. And then also entice certain behaviors. So for instance, while the Lions Anthem is playing, we can deliver a a drinks voucher or a meal voucher to the consumer, which they can redeem at the stadium itself. So we looked at the platform as how do we address both those um, you know, uh, ideas and how do we develop the platform to be able to, to cope with that. So our technology is quite innovative in the sense that it, there's never before a, a platform uh, designed that integrates uh, audio technology as well as Bluetooth beacon technology, as well as geofencing technology, as well as, as well as QR code technology. We have one platform that addresses all those technologies in order to be able to, communic to communicate to a consumer relevant on-time communication, as well as give the opportunity to the clients to, to uh, communicate that communication to the consumers. Okay, so let me uh, clarify for our listeners who might not have experienced uh, the, the full, you know, your app in action. So I'm at a Lions game. I've downloaded the app. Um, there's certain cues, audible cues, that um, you've worked with the, the Lions club to make sure, you know, of course, if you're at the stadium, there's all sorts of things playing. And based on those cues uh, and my app being on, I'm, I'm fed with information that either, you know, maybe score updates while I'm at the loo or... Um, perhaps, uh, like you say, vouchers to, to drinks and food and that kind of thing, or cheaper tickets to the next match and that kind of thing. Um, so how, what's, what's the model around working with a client who comes on board with you? Are you going in to make bespoke uh, marketing opportunities like that for each client, um, or is it up to them to sort of figure out how to make the, the app work for them? So no, we, we, we currently we treat every single client as on a bespoke um, uh, campaign basis. So, so we actually had quite an intensive uh, strategy session with the, the lines beforehand to decide what is it that they want to communicate to, to their, their um, audience on the day. So we, we use both technologies. We use the, well, three technologies actually. We use the geofence technology, we use the Bluetooth technology, as well as the audio. So when the, the, the fan actually ra arrived at the stadium, they would get a, a pop-up notification explaining to, to them exactly where they are within the stadium and how to get to the seat. Then we would do constant uh, score updates through the geofence um, uh, technology, which delivers to-the-minute score updates. And then when the Lions Anthem played, we delivered the vouchers to them for the meals and for the drinks and so forth. But all of these were planned with the client in mind of what do they want to deliver to the consumer what is the, the, the objective that they want afterwards, as well as how do they entice engagement with the consumer? 
Then we go further. Um, pretty soon we'll be, be launching our um, voucher swapping capability where we're going to p- start creating a, cons- a whole new consumer behavior which has never been done in South Africa. You have the likes of Voucher Cloud and so forth and so forth that delivers vouchers to consumers. But we identified a space in the market where we can create a new behavior. And this behavior would be where I might be a diesel fan and diesel have a campaign that they run through our platform where they give a 10% discount on any diesel clothing. Um, and you might be a different brand fan, but you, because you're in a certain location, you collect that voucher from that brand, but you not necessarily want to redeem that, that voucher because you're not really a fan of that brand. But you know, because we are connected within the platform, that we are friends and I'm that, that fan. So now you can actually communicate with me and say, Yaku, listen, I've got a 10% discount voucher on X brand, and, I say, and, you, and you can see that I've got a 10% discount voucher on a certain brand. Now you can say to me, let's swap it. So all of a sudden, I give you my voucher and you give me your voucher. That drives further exposure for the brands, number one. Number two, it increases the likelihood that I will be actually going and redeeming that voucher and partaking in the, in the platform itself. So one, to answer your question again, one, yes, we do bespoke campaigning. But number two is ultimately we're going to create a new consumer behavior within South Africa where we create voucher swapping and voucher um, redeeming. Right, so I, I think you've made an excellent argument for why brands would want to speak to you, particularly brands with an existing database of, of followers and fans. You know, I can see the sports teams wanting to speak to you. I can see clubs and societies wanting to speak to you and, 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 and getting the value that way. Perhaps, I don't know, NGOs, organizations like churches, perhaps. I could see lots of uh, use cases in that space. What is the value to the end user like me? What, what's the incentive to add, to add your app to the millions of apps that uh, I already have on my phone and hardly have space for? Um, you know, and also t- not just add it to my, to my, to my app, but, but use it as a social tool, which is what you're suggesting. Number one, convenience. So, for instance, uh, let's say you're watching a, a Virgin Active uh, advert on TV and um, you really want to partake in, in, in the membership. Now, all of a sudden, because our technology is integrated in that form of media, above-the-line media, we can actually communicate discount to you directly on your device. So no longer do you have to wait or then go revisit their website or go to a, 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 a branch and, and request the, the promotion that has been advertised, that promotion can be directly delivered to you and you can redeem it immediately. So it gives you convenience. Secondly, it's is definitely that social, remember a little uh, earlier I said to you that um, you know, a big reason for smartphones is uh, social inclusion. And there's many forms of social inclusion. The social inclusion that, that Pulsed offers is that you are, you are benefiting from the social inclusion, whereby you know that you will get relevant content, content that you want, content that you want at the right time, at the right place, but that content you can now actually share with someone with you or that's with you in, in the platform. So number one, I receive the content, but I can actually share that content with someone else. So no longer do I only receive the content for myself, but I can now start receiving content for my friends and family. So I know that my fiance, for instance, she likes Chanel, and I can receive, I can actually col- collect a Chanel discount voucher because I know I can actually share that with my with my fiance, and that again puts me in the good books of my fiance. So you actually expand your social community, and and your social community starts benefiting you in different ways. 
Yeah, look, the more you speak, I mean, I think of a platform like Shazam, who I think, um, while I don't think they've figured out how to monetize as well as they'd like, um, uh, certainly the the value proposition to the end user downloading their app is pretty pretty clear. Look, there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes in terms of monetizing the data, monetizing your presence on the platform, making it valuable to 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 to, the, to, to clients behind the scenes. But for you as the user, you download the app so that whenever there's a song you're not sure of, you can sort of wave your phone in the air and know what that song is. And there's a social vibe to that. And it's great. And, and it feels like they're doing you a favor. So in, in, your, mind, um, is, in your mind, is the, the voucher sharing aspect of your app what you're trying to do to make your app a, a, a value add to, to a user or come across as a value add to the user? Definitely. In essence, for us to you know have the consumer retention and have the loyalty to the to the application or to the platform itself the vouchering and the vouchering swapping and the being able to trade and to be able to social within our application itself becomes vitally important um, and we we recently launched a campaign in order to entice people onto the, pl- the the platform, and we're going to take them through a journey in order to understand how our vouchering system is going to work and what benefit they can actually get from from being on the platform. So the app's available on uh, the Apple is available on Apple and Android, both. Fantastic, and 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 it's Pulse it is it correct. So uh, when you say campaign, you, you've actually preempted sort of um, the next question I was going to have. What's your business development cycle around onboarding users to the app directly and clients on the back end, uh, brands obviously looking to, to, to communicate with users? So we, we've got a very, very uh, good business plan and roadmap uh, going forward for the rest of the year. Recently, we, we launched a campaign called uh, Pulse at Price Drop. Um, where we entice people to do certain uh, actions in order to um, uh, get rewarded through prizes and so forth. And then through that journey, we actually educate the consumer in order to understand where the platform is going and how big the platform is going to get. Whilst we are doing that, we are approaching our sponsors and our our clients in order to become part of the Pulse Price Drop campaign in order to tie in our consumers and our valuable brands to the, the rewarding of uh, actions. So our consumer um, uh, has to perform certain actions, they get rewarded for those actions. Our clients become part of that because they get associated with that reward uh, program. And that will lead us into launching the vouchering and the swapping in the social community. So we've got a very good business roadmap for the rest of the year. And so tell me a little bit about how you put this together. Uh, it's uh, obviously a, a, homegrown, a homegrown business. Uh, tell me about the technical aspects of putting this together, where you had to go, what the team looks like behind the scenes. Okay. Well, you need to look at uh, the history of my team. Um, I've got a, quite an extensive and experienced team uh, backing Pulsat. Um, we all come from uh, the mobile technologies field. Uh, myself worked at Samsung. Uh, Huawei technologies, and we've always played in, the, in that uh, in that space. And a part of the team has got a very big, strong uh, sponsorship and marketing background, a very strong retail background. And we we started looking at what what possibilities are there, and what is the latest trends in the world. And one of the one of the biggest trends that that uh, come come to mind is location based marketing. Uh, more and more and more you see location-based marketing um, springing up uh, across the world. 
So we started investigating what is available in South Africa, and, and, and to be honest, there's nothing in South Africa. There's no location-based marketing. There's one or two smaller companies, um, but the lack is that why would people want to download various applications to get the location-based communication? Why, and, and, and we identified that if you have one platform and one person might download the application because they're a Lions fan, but once they go to Saint and City, they get the communication because that platform is, is uh, universal, instead of having to download three or four or five or seven different applications. So we identified that you need one universal platform, you need one platform where all the clients can log in and send their communication to, and the consumers have one platform that gives them the relevant communication based on their location, um, or based on them performing certain acts by opening the application and listen to, listening to audio. So we had to, we had to research quite, quite a lot. We, we um, partnered up with a few companies from overseas in order to integrate technology into South Africa. Which ones? Uh, Are you allowed to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you allowed to say? So, so we, we actually... You're not backed by Facebook, are you? No, no. Um, we, we are partnering with Facebook in, in certain aspects, um, which I'm not really allowed to divulge right now. But, you know, we've got technologies and we've, we are working with quite a few overseas technologies, bringing them to South Africa. And there's, there's future um, uh, development that's going to happen. Um, so I'm not really allowed to say right now. What I can say is that, that our platform itself with these integrated technologies are purebred South African. It's, it's uh, thought up in South Africa. It's developed in South Africa. Our developers of the application is South African. So a uh, homegrown South African company. And um, we are actually looking to expand to the UAE. Uh, we've got partners in the UAE looking to implement our uh, location-based marketing there. We've got partners in Kenya and, and Nigeria, so we're expanding to them as well, offering them the location-based marketing as well as the voucher swapping uh, functionalities. Would I be right in saying that um, an app like yours, a solution like yours, suits um, more affluent um, urban urban environments? Uh, I'm I'm wondering if less affluent centers across the continent might not be quite ready for what it is your, your business is, is doing right now. Would I be right in saying that or, or am I missing a trick? Uh, can I clarify from a consumer point of view or a client point of view? From both, actually. From a user point of view, I mean, you know pr probably better than I do, uh, internet penetration numbers, mobile penetration numbers across the continent. Well, I mean, we like to bandy them about and be excited about them. The continent is, isn't really where we'd like it to be in terms of the widespread use and access to the internet and indeed mobile phones. For, for you to get, I'd imagine, the, the right levels of volume to justify you know, a, a business case, uh, you might not necessarily find in, say, rural Uganda. So am I right in saying that? And if I am, what are your thoughts around uh, your plan to infiltrate the rest of the continent that might not yet be ready for this? So, yeah, uh, I'm going to disagree with you slightly in the, in the sense of that. So we, you only need to look at um, the likes of Nigeria and Kenya and so forth and how those countries and those areas have leapfrogged uh, technology. So a couple of years ago, they were uh, no one had any um, computers or anything like that, and they completely leapfrogged the, the laptop uh, technology phase. They went straight into mobile smartphones. And the mobile smartphone penetration in these countries, especially in South Africa as well, is on the increase on a yearly basis. 
um, a company that by the the price drop of smartphones as well as the data being uh, data getting cheaper and cheaper every every year um, and with with networks constantly battling to be the cheapest network on on the the continent uh, well in in the country you know the opportunity for those type of people to have access to this information becomes a lot more viable and it becomes a lot more easier so you know, with our with my platform, our platform is ready for for any consumer, being on an entry level smartphone, being a, a high end smartphone. You know, we can deliver communication. The communication delivered to the consumer doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost them any data or anything like that. It's only when he interacts with that communication that that data comes and starts playing a role. And for clients, now all of a sudden we can geofence an area, a rural area. Uh, where traditional marketing can't get to, but we can geofence that area and we can take client communication to the cons- consumer in that area. So we address both markets. Oh, so I can actually, uh, now that you, you explain it that way, I can certainly see you being part of the acceleration of inclusion in places that might not otherwise be incentivized to interact with other things. 100%. 100% on the ball. So, you know, our platform is, is such a unique, unique new concept um, you know, f- for instance, where you have traditional billboard marketing around, uh, alongside the, the the highway, we can actually geofence that highway and deliver certain communication to anyone that passes through that that um, communication. So the ac- the the access to information becomes readily more available. Number one, and it definitely speeds up the process where we can now reach out to consumers. And then vitally more important is the analysis and the reporting back to the client, where we can now identify who we communicate to, how we communicate it to, what is the hotspots that we communicate to, um, and how's the interaction back with that brand. We can actually now communicate that directly to a consumer. You can take, for instance, a, a TV commercial, for instance. You need to wait a certain period of time to see the viewership spike or the re- interaction with a TV commercial in order for you to see how successful, successful that TV commercial was. Now, for the first time ever, I can say immediately after the running of that TV commercial how successful that commercial was by means of how many of that commercial uh, information content was delivered to the application, what was the interaction with that content, I can do that um, reporting communication back to the client immediately. I'm listening to you thinking, how do you keep this from being annoying for a user? I'm, I w- say I've downloaded the app, but I've switched off my notifications. Doesn't that sort of stop you dead in your tracks in terms of delivering value to, to an advertiser? So we, you know, we took that very uh, seriously um, in in consideration and we as a business made the decision that it should always be the consumer's decision to receive that content so we deserve we develop the the application to be number one you have the you have the opportunity to actually switch off the uh, application itself so within the application itself you can click a button and it will not receive any communication Number one. Number two, with the audio technology, you have to have the application open in order to receive. Just like a Shazam, you need to have the application open in order to receive the audio communication. So at a, at a rugby match, for example, you would be encouraging users of the app to keep it open throughout the match in order to keep receiving these, these notifications. Otherwise, 
they, they, sh- they won't be bothered with notifications coming through. So, so we've actually got a quite a cool strategy around that. So we can push an instant notification to people within the stadium and say, open your app now in order to receive the audio communication. So we can push through our geofence and our beacon technology. We can push a pop-up to you to say to open the application in order because there's a Lions Anthem that's going to play now and through the Lions Anthem you're going to receive certain uh, rewards. Um, when it comes to TV and radio and so forth, we'll always prompt someone to open the application in order for you to receive certain communications. So the choice takes the consumer's uh, uh, choice, actually, to to receive the content. With the Bluetooth and the beacon communication, it's a simple pop-up. It's a simple, simple notification that pops through, and it entices people to take that further. So it's still their decision if they want to further interact with uh, the content or not. You guys are... Uh, disruption is such a, I'm tired of that word, but you guys are potentially a disruptive technology to so many uh, existing uh, uh, businesses in this space. I'm thinking traditional above the line advertising platforms like the billboards and uh, media platforms like television and radio. Heck, even new media platforms like like uh, blogs and, 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 and podcasting platforms, etc., you, you seem on track to disrupt the whole thing. And, and my question from a business development point of view is, um, and especially in South Africa, where the gatekeepers for the ad spend that you are after are the agencies that typically survive or thrive on, on commissions and that kind of thing. Well, how, how are you going to work around all that? And how are you going to make it work in that space? As much as I like the word disruptive, um, but we steer clear of that as well. We we don't see ourselves as in competition with them at all. What we prefer to see is is that we become a a alternative platform, so or a additional platform, uh, which is a better word. So. Uh, alongside your TV advertising, alongside your radio advertising, alongside your in-mall advertising, alongside your any uh, uh, roadside advertising, billboards and so forth, we become a platform that takes that above-the-line marketing and converts it into uh, direct marketing. So we actually give those agencies that you speak about the opportunity to go back to those clients and say, listen, we can run a TV commercial campaign with you, but if we plug in the Pulsar platform, we can take that above-the-line marketing and we can now make it direct marketing and we can offer you these additional benefits of understanding clearly what your reach is and what your interaction is with your advertising. So we're not in competition with them at all. Although, like I said, I like the word disruptive. Um, I, I truly feel that we, we are disruptive in the market, but we disruptive in a positive way that we're going to take traditional above-the-line marketing and convert it into complete new direct marketing. And how do you make it worthwhile for the agencies to, to bring you guys on board, I mean, in terms of them being an intermediary? So, so we, with, with each agency that we work with, we've got a revenue share model. Um, each campaign that we do, we actually sit with the agency itself and we design that campaign and we come to a mutual understanding of, you know, who, what rele- what's the relevance of the campaign and what's the relevance of, of the uh, Pulsar platform being plugged in and how do we mutually benefit from the campaign. And what's, your, what's the end goal for this startup? Are you hoping to get the attention of the mobile telcos and the telcos in general who we all see are, are quite keen not to stay in their lane in order to survive the next maybe decade where they, might not, they could potentially be obsolete if they, don't, if they don't buy in the type of innovation they're not able to, to create themselves? And certainly um, 
the you know the Wi-Fi players that are also trying to find their their space. Also liked the word uh, you used. Uh, they like to consider themselves um, uh, complementary networks to the existing networks and not direct competition, which I'm I'm not entirely sure about. I think everyone's trying to figure out how to make money in the space. Um, but uh, so. Talk me through what your end game is in the, in the scheme of all these things, in the scheme of uh, a potential, say, Vodacom or an MTN uh, cloning an idea like yours and going to markets and using their scale to, to, to blast you guys out of the market. What's the plan over, uh, in, the, in the long term for you? So w- once again, it, it's very important to understand the way that we design the platform. And, and we design the platform to be one universal platform. So, like I referenced a little bit earlier, is someone might download their platform because they're a Lions fan. But because they downloaded their platform and there's various other um, companies plugging into the platform, that communication can be delivered to the consumer at the right time, at the right location, and so forth and so forth. So, for us, it's critically vital to be first to market, number one, and vitally important for the critical mass to be on the the platform itself. So, uh, just to interrupt you, which is why I see you guys being in direct competition, at least the conflict of interest with the likes of an MTN or a mobile telco who is not qu- quite keen to see uh, a migration of all this great data and uh, and user experience migrating to a platform they have no control over. And certainly, I don't know, a player like, say, Vast Networks that's trying to do this on the ground at the Wi-Fi level, maybe location-based type solutions at, at, you know, at malls and stadiums themselves, I see you in direct competition in that space. So it, should, should we anticipate maybe in the next few years uh, a consolidation in that space of which maybe you join one of these larger players and, and, and consolidate activities? Uh, or should we expect an acquisition? Uh, what do you see in the future? <laughs> you know... The possibilities are so unlimited and so endless at, the, at this point. Um, we are constantly being uh, approached by very, um, you know, large organizations saying that, that you know, t- talks about acquisition and, and so forth. For me, it's more vitally important that we establish the brand. We get the critical mass. Once we have the critical mass and we establish the brand, then we can move into those talks. But we all we will always be a complementary or additional platform. You know, the likes of the big uh, networks and so forth in South Africa, there's benefit for them also to partake in what, what we are doing. So we will always set up certain uh, – nah, can we redo that? Yes. I'm nowhere near. Well, what I wanted to say. Um, so if you look at the, the large networks, we're actually currently at the moment talking to one of the networks already. And we take it from the approach that we have the op- opportunity to install our beacons within their retail stores and deliver certain communication to them when they do visit the store. Or we can do uh, above-the-line marketing for them and drive people to their stores because ultimately what they want is data sales and product sales and so forth. So with our platform, in conjunction with their marketing campaigns, we can drive people to those to those networks. So currently we, we're in talks with them. Um, I don't see I don't see us being acquired very very soon. Um, but but you know the the, the future is so bright for for uh, uh, this type of platform and this type of communication that uh, anything is possible. I raise this question uh, not only because groups like the Econet Group, for example, are very bullish at the moment. Uh, recently, having acquired Neotel, for example, and and also here's the 
well, the well-kept secret of the tech ecosystem on the continent, while everyone's focusing on where the next unicorn might happen, there are deals similar in, in stature to the, one, you know, to the picture I'm painting uh, that are happening all the time. Little companies doing amazing things that larger companies, incumbents in the mobile telco space, in, the, in, 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 in traditional banking and insurance, are quietly just buying up. And, and, and introducing uh, the value they bring into the, existing, uh, into the existing business. And I wonder how much of that kind of thinking goes into, uh, you know, founding a startup like this right from the very beginning. Oh, definitely. From day one, it, uh, uh, you know, it, it was uh, brought to the table um, in, in the sense of not only funding for, for the business itself, but to to. Uh, you know, ensure sta- um, sustainability of the company, to ensure growth of the company. Um, and like I previously mentioned, we've been approached by, by quite a few um, in order to see what the possibility of that is. Because not, you know, uh, as much as the, the larger corporations have got the budgets to do development and so forth and so forth, we've laid the groundwork. Um, we've done the development. We, uh, we are currently in the process of doing the critical mass acquisition. So f- for you know, for these larger corporations, they see the value in that already, and and it becomes a decision of uh, Pulsar or, or our company itself is what direction do we want to take Pulsar, and then making a decision of which which company or which corporation is the right corporation to go with. Um, but for right now, we're focusing on uh, delivering the communication the way we need to deliver to the consumer and adding that benefit to the clients that we do have. And so, how did you fund this business? Uh, did you did you did you raise a seed round, like a formal round? Are there VCs involved? I know you you obviously can't mention specifics, but I'm just trying to get a sense of: is this you and a bunch of friends that quit your jobs and put your life savings into it? Are you bootstrapping it, or is there like serious VC money behind this? Uh, and do you guys have like this long runway uh, on your way to success? Yeah, so it, it's a bit of a com- combination of both. Um, initially, it was was bootstrapping, and uh, you know, p- uh, a bunch of colleagues coming together, having a vision. Um, you know, quitting our jobs, putting putting everything we have into it. Um, we were fortunate enough to be introduced to a VC um, who immediately understood what we were doing, immediately saw the potential, and um, he has bought into to the company and, and started funding the company. And from year on, it's it's definitely uh, looking at growth and um, you know outlaying um, the consumers that we bring on board. Oh, n- not the consumers, sorry, the the clients that we bring on board in order to make it sustainable. You mentioned in passing earlier on that um, you partner up with different uh, entities across the African region. You mentioned Nigeria and Kenya. What sort of partnerships are you looking to engage in? And someone listening to this who might be interested in perhaps rolling the solution out to a, a, a country or a, a city or even an area within the continent that you're currently not focusing on. What sort of people should be giving you a call? Well, anyone that, that uh, you know, we are quite strong in in thinking about, um, you know, helping people establishing themselves. Um, our company, you know, our ethos is, is really that we we a team, we work as a team, um, and anyone that we bring on board uh, become quickly becomes a team member. Um, w- when we look at the the other countries that we're rolling out to, you know, it's it's past uh, acquaintances, it's it's past uh, colleagues that we have in those countries, and we are looking to establish those those relationships. That being said, 
we are looking at a, at a licensing model. We are looking at a part share revenue model. Um, and we're looking at what, what is being brought to the table. So if it's an existing company, how do we partner with that company? How do we uh, structure a licensing or revenue model? If it's an individual seeing the possibility, we need to you know see what that reach of that individual is and how do we make that person successful as well. So at this stage, currently we're quite open um, with strong focus on South Africa, making South Africa successful, and then we can replicate that into into those regions. However, we are well fully open to discuss uh, future possibilities. In terms of revenue, where are you guys at? Are you cash flow positive? Are you profitable? And if you, if not, how far away are you from being uh, a, a going concern as far as that's concerned? So at, at this stage, we are very much in the, the transition phase of uh, becoming profitable. Um, like I said, we recently launched the campaign, um, started to bring clients on board, um, and that makes us very cash positive. Um, however, you know, we're nowhere near the the ultimate goal or the objective that we set for ourselves. Um, so we are working quite hard at the moment to to get that in line. Um, but in no way or no sense at all in in a bad situation at all. Uh, but that said, your VC is not like an exit as far as your VC is concerned is not on the horizon just yet. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, uh, I suppose all that's left really is for Africa in this case, or starting with South Africa, of course, to tell you what they think of your of, of your app. How do people listening now, as far as users are concerned, how where can they go to to start to get a taste for the platform you're building and and see if this is something they'll tell their friends about and uh, and uh, adopt? Sure. So the the application is available on both the Android Store, the Play Store, as well as the the iOS Store. That's Pulse It, right? Pulse It? Yeah, Pulse It. Uh, P-U-L-S-E-I-T. So they can either, either go straight to, to, the, to the stores or they can visit our website, which is www.pulseitnow.com, um, and that will take them straight through to, to the uh, applications as well. And what I would like to mention is, is the campaign running at the moment, the, the Pulse It price drop. Um, entice the consumers to, to partake in, in, in the price drop. And that will give them a taste of how the application works and uh, we'll do consumer education on the voucher swapping and the social community um, uh, launching very soon. Isn't it awesome that uh, the modern era offers uh, this, this whole crowdsourced market research uh, opportunity for new companies to just come out here with a good idea and let people tell you whether it's going to work or not, whether they like it or not. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of useful data you get in the process that... Um, shows you what to tweak, what to improve and Oh, 100%. We, we went through quite a few iterations of, of the application itself. And, and what we are very focused on is, is listening to the consumer as well as our clients, um, listening to their opinion and, and their suggestions. And um, I can't tell you how many times we went back to the drawing board in, in designing the look and the feel, the functionality, uh, and so forth. So we, you know, like I said, the possibilities are so endless. And I, and I as a, uh, a startup entrepreneur myself, I, I entice anyone with an idea to stick to it. Nothing mentioned, nothing gained. If, if you don't go out there and you try, you know, you'll never know. Um, I, I said to my team the one day that, you know, in a year's time, I don't want to be the person that said I should have. I want to be the person that said I tried. Um, and, and that's vitally important. That's saying a lot, knowing that you've you've obviously come from uh, two cushy jobs, Samsung and then Huawei, and now basically 
throwing all caution to the wind with this here startup, which by all intents and purposes seems to be working for you. All the best with it as well. And uh, it's definitely a, a space that uh, t- took me by the surprise. You know, we cover the, the industry uh, quite extensively. We have a lot of conversations in the space. And it's quite interesting to see how how uh, bullish VC might, uh, VCs are in this particular space that you, the likes of Trumpet and, and Voucher Cloud are playing in. And it's, it's quietly becoming a thing uh, without, you know, without people realizing it. And I have a feeling uh, that, uh, I don't know, the, the best man will have to win out the, over the rest. But I, I certainly think there's something there that we'll all look back on and think, wow, that was a thing. Yeah, thank you. Like I said, the the opportunities are endless, um, and and I'm hundred percent sure if if we had to talk next year this time, uh, there'll be various different uh, plays in the market as well. Um, the 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 industry is is ripe for fresh thinkers, for people that um, you know see opportunity in the market. And and even with Pulsat itself, I'm hundred percent sure within within a year's time, they'll you know the 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 platform itself would would have taken on a life of its own. So we're in a very, especially in South Africa, we we're in a very very interesting, exciting um, uh, time where these type of things are definitely possible. And you know, you only have to look at at some of the the smaller startups that that's making quite quite uh, leadway into into South Africa. That not not always is it the the instance where a bigger, larger corp- corporation actually takes takes over and or crushes a, a smaller company. There's value in a smaller company, and that value comes from the consumers that it approaches, and it, and it entices to be part of that company. And so, client is king, consumer rules. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well said. Uh, nice speaking to you, Jakob Fonsale of Pulsitz. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Much appreciated.